You're listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities than an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi Fi. Good morning, everybody. It is RBNJ. This is the Morning Punch and Show special edition today, Wednesday, September 13th, 2017. Our guest on the hotline link today is celebrated boxing judge and HBO analyst, Harold Letterman. Man, Harold has been with HBO since 1986. He's been with them ever since. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2016. We are so fortunate to have him on today. We're going to talk about all things Canelo Golovkin today. We want to take your preview and your predictions. Make sure you call 718-508-9852. Let me properly introduce my partner in crime, creator and founder of BadCulture.net, contributor for BSO Online, Jay LaBeouf. What's good, Jay? What's good, RB? And good morning or afternoon, depending on where you are. The show that's so nice, we had to do it twice. We are going to talk <laughs> about Canelo Triple G today. Looking forward to talking to Harold Letterman and hearing from you and your predictions for what could potentially be the greatest fight of the year. So looking forward to it, RB, and good to be with you for a second time this week. Yes, we, this fight was just too big not to have um, a special edition show. There's so much to talk about with Canelo and Golovkin and breaking it down and previewing it and giving our authentic take and predictions. Uh, we're going to take um, some callers today. Not only do we want to play Know It or Blow It, which is brought to you by BoxingInsider.com, uh, but we also want to take your predictions, and we want to know how excited you guys are about this big fight. Me and Jay, we leave tomorrow morning to head to Las Vegas, and we're going to be posted up, and we're going to try to bring you guys the best stuff, the funniest moments, all the all the tea, the word on the curb, all that good stuff. Uh, before we mm-hmm. get started and bring on Jake Donovan, Jay, why don't we take a super quick commercial break, and we're going to come back with Jake Donovan for Jake's take, and we're going to talk about just how important Canelo Golovkin is and what an integral part of boxing history the middleweight division has always been. We'll be right back. The greatest moments have always been when the best fight the best. Pay attention. History is about to repeat itself. Saturday, September 16th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, live on pay-per-view. For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com, providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today, the only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. You're rocking with the Morning Punching Show with RB and J, and now it's time for Jake's take. Take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Yes, she. Gets me every time. Good morning, big, big. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's a little bit afternoon to me, but good morning to both of you. 
All right. Big fight week. Canelo Golovkin is in three days. And we want to talk to you and get your take on just how important this fight is in reviving the middleweight division. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, this time last year, everyone, it seemed like the boxing community was just angry that this fight wasn't happening. But in retrospect, it mm. probably is happening right, you know, at the very right time. I mean, especially considering the, the, the event that happened three weeks ago, it's all anyone talked about. Now we actually have a true boxing event that boxing fans can talk about because they didn't talk about anything else that happened August 26th other than the main event. And that sadly dominated the headlines for the past few weeks. We've been waiting to hear about the live date. We've been waiting to hear about the pay-per-view numbers. Now we have the fight that we've been waiting for for a year. It's happened, and it truly is the biggest true boxing fight of the year, of 2017. And as far as middleweights go, I mean, the middleweight division, it seems like, you know, Gennady's kind of carried it. You know, there's been other middleweights playing along, but they haven't quite jumped in the ring with them. So this fight is like the perfect storm because Canelo, at this time, everyone now believes he's a you know, however small of an underdog he is, he's a very live underdog. Whereas a year ago, they're like, oh, Gennady's going to tear throw him. And with that being the mindset, you know, why would Golden Boy want to, you know, proceed with the fight at that time? Now everyone thinks it's close to a 50-50 fight, which, is, which makes the fight all the more special. So, I mean, I know a lot of people that are actually picking Canelo to win. You know, maybe I will once we get to our predictions. But, you know, this wasn't the case a year ago. I mean, so... The middleweight division, it's always been like, you know, right in between heavyweight and welterweight. You know, the heavyweights, they were always the story division. The welterweights, you know, they had the speed. But the middleweights were like the perfect combination. They had power, kind of mm. like heavyweights, but they had the speed, kind of like welterweights. So it was like the perfect prototype for a boxer, which is why, you know, the boxing world has always been fascinated with the middleweight division. And some of the greatest fighters in history have fought at middleweight. You know, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, he was, he's considered the greatest welterweight of all time. But he really, you know, he really made his mark in the business when he became, you know, truly pound for pound the best when he started, you know, going back and forth with all these guys where he's given away a massive size advantage. And then you just go through Carlos Monzon, Marvin Hagler, Bernard Hopkins, mm-hmm. and now, you know, we got Gennady Golovkin who's threatening to break a record. So it's like there's always been so much history with the middleweight division. So, and that's why this fight is so important because you have the two best middleweights in the world fighting. And whoever wins this has a very uh, great claim to claim that he's the best fighter in the world. A year ago, you're right. I think a year ago, this fight was probably anywhere between 80, 20, 70, 30. And I think people mm-hmm. were really swaying towards Golovkin. And I agree with you. I think this is very 50 50 today. I think a year later, it's a 50 50 fight. It is. And you know what's funny with Gennady? I mean, he's so close to the record, but we still really can't discuss where he belongs in middleweight history because, you know, maybe not entirely through any fault of his own. He just hasn't had the competition to justify, you know, is he as good as Bernard Hopkins or Carlos Monzo? Yeah, he's racking up, the, you know, the defenses and he's fighting the guys in front of him. But there really hasn't been any wins to say, you know, this guy belongs among the top five or top ten middleweights of all time. You know, I don't know how close, you know, beating Canelo is going to push him close to that list, but at least it's a meaningful win. And it's coming on the heels of the toughest, you know, test of his career when he survives, you know, whatever Danny Jacobs had to offer. So on the flip side, if Canelo wins, He's without a doubt. I mean, he's probably already the biggest active star in the sport today, being that Floyd, mm-hmm. you know, once again retired. If Canelo wins, now we're talking about where he belongs in the history of the greatest Mexican fighters of all time. And, again, I'm going to go back to saying, if Canelo wins, he's pound for pound the very best fighter in the sport. Because his resume really has been second to none. He kind of, you know, screwed the pooch a little bit last year. He was kind of waiting for this moment, taking fights where, you know, everyone knew he was going to win. But before that, he had a stellar resume. Even with the loss to Floyd, he still took on the very best in the world. And that's the only loss on his record. 
you know, he beat a lot of good guys along the way, including Cotto, to become the first Mexican ever to win the, the lineal middleweight championship. And now he's going to take on the one middleweight that, you know, he's the boogeyman. Nobody wanted to fight. And if he beats him, mm-hmm. Canelo's career just, I mean, he's already the biggest star. He just goes to an entirely different stratosphere. It's going to be, Canelo's going to be, he can name his price for any fight he wants. You know, a lot of guys are going to be on the very uh, wrong end of the negotiating table with him if, if he wins this fight, and rightly so. <laughs> <laughs> but and what's funny, I know a lot of yeah. people are actually rooting for that to happen because they feel, uh, you know, Canelo, Canelo can really carry the sport if he wins. Whereas if Gennady wins, you know, there's still a little bit of a language barrier, still a little bit goofy when he, you know, God bless him. I, I love his English, but there's still a little bit of a language barrier. Canelo, it's almost like he doesn't need to speak English. He's just... The appeal he has in Mexico, and which is crossed over to North America, I mean, he's a true pay-per-view star. You know, Gennady's mm-hmm. not. That's the big difference. Maybe Gennady can be, especially, you know, if he wins, if the next fight will be to tie Bernard Hopkins' record. So, you know, that adds some allure. But, you know, Canelo's already there. A win like this, I mean, it's like he's just, you know, a worldwide superstar. Not even just a boxing superstar, a worldwide superstar. You're, you're right. I mean, I, and, and again, this is why we love Dave Tate, because I didn't even look at it like that. Let's say Golovkin does win, okay? How does he carry the sport? I mean, I think that we know that Canelo can carry the sport. He's Mexican. He's with Golden Boy. You know, there's just all these marketable things about him. And, uh, you know, if, I don't know. Jay, what do you think about that? If Golovkin wins, can he carry our sport? Can he become this big pay-per-view star? That's a really great question. You know, like Jake alluded to, you know, the, the, well, first there's the language thing because he is a fighter that has built his home in the United States. It'd be different if he was still living overseas and coming in as a killer like Klitschko would, but Klitschko had pretty pretty impeccable English. What is the next step of leveling up for him if he does win? We know he's endorsed and sponsored, but what can he really do outside of performance in the ring that will really resonate with fans. You know, he's made it a little clear indirectly in interviews that when he's he's not into doing a whole lot of uh, talking to the media, he doesn't understand why people are so curious about him, the man. But it's just part of the sport. With Canelo, the man is beloved in the street. So that that's a very good question. I don't know what he can do. Honestly, short of... You know, going to more events and talking to more people, doing more interviews, learning more English, since this is the place where he's built his home. Maybe he wants to learn to speak Spanish. Since he's focused so much stuff on Mexican style in his career, how come he doesn't speak Spanish? We know he probably understands some, talking to Abel. I'd like to see Golovkin speak a little Spanish. That could that could be the, the kicker right there. Oh, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to draw one more parallel, too, because, um, you know, I yeah. want to go back to, and I, I hate remembering this fight because Felix Stranda is my favorite fighter of all time. But when he fought um, Bernard Hopkins, you got to think about just how different the sport would have been at that, that point had Felix Trinidad won. Had, had, had Trinidad mm-hmm. beaten Bernard Hopkins, he undoubtedly could have carried the sport. Roy Jones was already waiting in the rings, uh, waiting in the wings. He wanted to fight Felix, uh, Felix Trinidad next. And that was supposed to be the fight that was going to happen then as opposed to one it did in 2008 when Tito was, you know, fat and happy and basically one fight out of retirement. But Bernard Hopkins won the fight, and he didn't necessarily carry the sport. In fact, you know, everyone argued he, he won the lottery but never really cashed the ticket. You know, he, you know mm. he broke the record, but nobody really seemed to care. And I think that, you know, Gennady might – Gennady, I think, is a lot more popular now than Bernard was then. But him tying and breaking the record I don't think is going to have a, as much appeal as opposed to Canelo winning this fight and then just doing whatever the hell he wants the next fight. No matter what Canelo does the next fight, if he wins here, everyone's going to be paying attention to his next move. 
I, I kind of smiled because I thought, you know, if Canelo does win, right, who would he fight next? I mean, let's say he comes back and fights yeah. in December or early 2018. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, <laughs> he could fight Maybe we'll finally wants. get... Maybe we'll finally get Billy Joe Saunders stateside. Yeah, I mean, no I, matter I, who wins know, the fight. And I think Billy Joe would much rather. I think a lot of middleweights would much rather fight Canelo. I mean, you know, because they probably see him as a more beatable fighter. You know, even if he were to beat Canadi, but he's obviously the, the much bigger payday as well. So you know, Billy Joe Saunders would absolutely love that payday. Plus, that's a fight. For, well, it'd be for three belts, and Canelo's not fighting for the WBC belt. But you know, I mean, it almost doesn't matter at that point. I mean, Canelo could win this fight, dump every belt. And, you know, his next fight would still be huge. He could have a rematch with Cotto. I mean, Cotto is claiming he wants the winner. He could fight David Lemieux. I mean, there's a lot of options for him next. Yeah. Whereas if Gennady wins, he's looking at, you know, mandatory, you know, defenses for, his, you know, his record-tying and record-breaking wins. And, you know, Gennady loves so before, to keep the bell, so he's going to honor those. Yeah. So before we give our predictions on this fight and go into prediction wars, um, let's talk about the middleweight division and how it's been such an integral part of boxing history. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, it's just, you know, with the heavyweight division, it was almost like an attraction. It was like, you know, they always said, you know, there's boxing and then there's a heavyweight division. So that was like it's almost its own sport. So the sport, you know, the light heavyweights really never got to shine, I guess, because they were seen as, mm-hmm. you know, a lesser version of the heavyweights. The middleweights, like I said, they're just the prototypical boxer. And then you look at the greatest fighters in, in boxing history, a lot of them, you know, were either true middleweights or they, you know, they wound up in the middleweight division. You know, the, the Fab Four in the 80s, I mean, they all ended up touching the middleweight division. You know, Marvin Hagler stayed mm-hmm. there his entire career. Sugar Ray Leonard went up there. And, you know, that fight, the fight with uh, Leonard and Hagler, when you talk about debatable decisions, that's probably number one as far as, you know, the fight that people still disagree on to this very day. I mean, 30 years later, that's probably the most discussed, debatable decision, you know, at least in modern history, if not, all, you know, of all time. I mean, because it's just a fight nobody can seem to agree, you know, how it, who won the fight. You know, like I said, Sugar Ray Robinson, he cleaned out welterweight, then he decided to give away size advantage, you know, moving up to middleweight. Mm-hmm. And not only, you know, did that, you know, elevate him to the, the absolute best fighter of all time, but all the guys that kind of fought with him, they all ended up going into the Hall of Fame almost because they were part of that era. You know, a lot of those guys, you know, I'm not sure they would necessarily would have been Hall of Fame fighters without Sugar Ray Robinson being a part of the middleweight division. But because they competed in his era, they all wound up going in. You know, much like a lot of the guys in the Muhammad Ali era, you know, ended up going into the Hall of Fame, whereas they're not necessarily Hall of Famous. But, I mean, that's the appeal mm. Sugar Ray had, you know, at welterweight and then especially at middleweight. But, you know, then Marvin Hagler just, you know, dominating the 80s, you know, up until the debatable decision with Sugar Ray. And then, um, you know, Bernard Hopkins, you know, finally coming along. And, you know, it took him, you know, until his mid-30s before people finally started paying attention. But he forced the boxing world to pay attention just because, you know, he refused to, you know, let the industry get the best of him. And, you know, he, as he always came into the ring, you know, he did it his way. So, you know, that's kind of been missing yeah. the past few years. I guess because Gennady has just been without a peer. You know, Jermaine Taylor never really carried the torch. It's like he had that, you know, oh, you know, he's an Al Heyman puppet. You know, people really didn't gravitate to him, especially mm-hmm. the way he won the title in controversial fashion and never really sat well. And people, I don't think, appreciated Jermaine up until he actually, when he won, <laughs> when he got knocked out. He almost knocked out Kelly Pavlik. But then, you know, he ended up getting mm. flattened. And if you remember, after um, Floyd Mayweather beat Oscar De La Hoya, the sport kind of, I don't want to say flatlined, but it was like, it really lacked interest, and that fight wound up reviving boxing. It was like we went through like a dead summer period, and like nothing really going on up until late September when Pavlik and Jermaine Taylor just lit up Atlantic City, 
And then from there, we just had an absolutely kick-ass end to 2007. You know, it all happened, yeah. you know, with the middleweight championship being that big. So, you know, now we're right back at that moment. I feel like, you know, we're waiting. You know, this has been such a good year. The summer has been, it's been good, not great. But this is a fight that really sets the table for, you know, the, the fall and, and winter and just, you know, making sure 2017 ends on a very high note. Ooh, especially got, if the winter me. comes back I mean, in December. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. if, you know, Canelo wins and then he decides he wants one more fight this year, you know, Gennady's usually pretty good about that. So, you know, if the winner comes back in December, I mean, that, that just makes it, that just makes this year even greater. And, you know, it's also the yeah. matchup, too. I don't see either one of them playing it safe. So, you know, and that's always been the thing Ooh, with middleweights. There hasn't been a lot of dead middleweight fight. As far as, like, big middleweight events, you know, they usually deliver. All right. Well, look, you, you almost started getting into your prediction there. So let's kind of roll <laughs> into prediction wars now. And let's give our preview, our predictions. I want to kind of spit a few notes out there, though, before me, you, and Jay get into our own predictions. There's some notes. Um, that, you know, have come out this week in case you missed it. Um, Laura got injured yesterday. He's no longer yeah. fighting Jojo Diaz. Jojo Diaz is now going to fight Rafael Rivera on the card. Mm-hmm. So that kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> if Golovkin does lose to Canelo, the WBC middleweight title will be vacant. So in case you missed <laughs> yeah. it, in case you forgot, in case that went over your head, if Golovkin does lose to Canelo, the WBC middleweight title will be taken because Canelo don't want it. He like, I don't Damn want your that title. belt. Damn yeah. your title. Uh, um, <laughs> Golovkin, this week, so said, you know, my whole career, my whole career, I've been denied fights. It ends on Saturday. Canelo is preparing to knock out Golovkin. Uh, Abel Sanchez is saying Canelo's corner is going to say no mock. Okay, no so mock. there's some. Heated words coming out this week. Um, <laughs> it was funny because this week uh, Golovkin said, you know, this is a real Mexican fight and I have I have Mexican blood. And the next press release, Canelo's like, no, you don't. You don't have Mexican blood. Like, stop <laughs> saying that shit. Like, it's corny. Like, leave it alone. So it, it, there's a lot of good fighting words. The, the promotion has really picked up this week compared to the last few weeks. And I do feel that. You know, maybe Mayweather McGregor had a lot to do with it. Jake, what's your take on the promotion of the fight? I mean, it could have been a lot stronger. I mean, a lot has been made of it. I don't, I don't want to beat on it because this is fight week and we want to be positive about yeah. the event. But every, yeah. I mean, the consensus is that, you know, why was Oscar De La Hoya so obsessed with just talking about Mayweather? I, I get that he's asked the questions, but, you know, again, you don't have to go in this whole rant. No comment is just – that could end the conversation right there. You know, I got my yeah. own event on, on September 16th. I don't want to talk about that event. Instead, Oscar just, you know, became, you know, he, he power tweeted and just went ballistic. And just even after the fight, he still became, you know, he's just so consumed with, you know, the, the manner in which Floyd Mayweather. I, I get it. There's a lot of bad blood between them. But, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. just focus. You, ha- you have the biggest, you know, event. I mean, but the boxing media is kind of to blame, too, because the headline still remains about Mayweather, Mayweather McGregor. Nobody really started right. picking up the ball on, on August 27th. It's almost like yeah. everyone's kind of waited for fight week to come along before they really went all in. And that's why we felt yeah. that this show was necessary for Canelo Golovkin. This is a real boxing fight. It's a real pay-per-view fight. There's yep. no circus. It, it's going to be one for the books. So, listen, the judges were also approved and chosen. They've got Bird, Moretti, and Trella. We got, <laughs> uh, what's his name, Kenny Bayless is the referee. We're going to talk yeah. to, Lar- to Harold Letterman more about the judges and the ref and stuff like that. But <laughs> let's jump right in it. Um, who wants to go first? Who wants to break down and give their official prediction? Jay or Jake? 
I'll go first. I'll go. Go, Jakey. Go, Jakey. Uh, You know, it's funny you mentioned the judges because uh, for people who are picking Golovkin, if they're not picking him by knockout, they should really be worried. I mean, because I'm just seeing the three names. I'm not going to single any of them out, but it has split decision written all over it because I don't think they're – well, I'm I'm not going to say that. I'm going to back off. Go on, do it, If it goes to the scorecards, I mean, if it's going to go to the scorecards, it's going to be a shame because I don't think the judges will get it right. Um, Of course not. As far as my (laughs) prediction, it seems – we're getting a lot of talk from the Golovkin camp, and I don't know. It's just I know it's not Gennady, but I don't know if it's like his team feels like they have to talk. And I know Abel never turns down an interview. You know, his thing is that he doesn't go looking for interviews, but you know, he he never turns one down either. But it's like they just seem to be doing a lot of talking that's really out of character with, with Gennady. You know, now all of a sudden they're talking about the sparring session that they did. You know, when they filmed, you know, the two of them in the ring, they mm-hmm. had like five five fake fights or whatever, and that Gennady had to take it easy on him because the camera crew was getting upset. I'm like, I, I don't I don't put any stock into that, and I don't know why they do either. I don't know if they're just trying to, you know, catch a headline or two, but the thing I'm looking at is Canelo, he's coming in with a lot of pride in this fight. I mean, Bernard Hopkins is, a, you know, a stakeholder in Golden Boy Promotions. He owns the middleweight record, you know, with 20 title defenses. Right. If Gennady beats Canelo, he's now, his next fight would tie the record because you got to assume whoever he mm. fights, he probably will beat. I don't think Canelo's going to allow that to happen. I think Canelo's going to, you know, defend the house, I think he's, for the past year, figured out the best possible way to beat Gennady Golovkin, and he believes Gennady is at a point where he can execute that game plan. I, stylistically, I would favor Gennady, but I'm going to really flip the script because I haven't you know, felt this way up until really the past week or so. But I'm going to pick Canelo by 11th-round knockout. I think he's going to end Ooh. up breaking down Gennady. Gennady's going to try to go after him early. He's going to realize that Canelo's not going anywhere. Canelo's going to pick up on that. He's going to pick up steam late in the fight. I think he's going to break him down and stop him. Wow. Yeah. Uh, let me write this down. He hey, bold. Yeah. Jake must have had a Tecate before he got on the phone today. He <laughs> I will say, if it's not rum and coke, Tecate is my beer of choice when I do watch a fight. I do, that's <laughs> replaced Corona. But, I, yeah, that'll probably be the boldest prediction I make in 2017. Canelo, 11 All right. All right, Jay, you go for it. Break it down. Wow. How do I follow that? Well, when you look at the fight, when you look at their two fights, what I always fall back on when I look at Canelo and Triple G is their past opposition and how they've leveled up since then. Triple G has been kind of steamrolling through everybody, and it was only until a Daniel Jacobs that we saw fight that we saw a little bit of chink in the, in the armor, and not because Danny Jacobs is the most powerful guy, but just because he is a bigger guy. And he brought a little bit more to the table than some of his previous opponents. So with that, we go over to Canelo, who in his previous fights, the fight that was most competitive to him was the fight against uh, Iris Landy Lara, where I felt I still think Canelo lost that fight against Iris Landy Lara. Mm. Don't jump in my mention. That's how I feel. <laughs> with that being said, they're pretty much on even par, in my opinion. Well, I'll give I'll give him the Cotto fight. Cotto was a a competitive fight, but Cotto was substantially smaller than him. That being said, I'm going to go the opposite way from Jakey, and I think that Triple G is going to win by split decision. I think it's going to distance. I don't think that there's going to be a knockout. I think there are two formidable guys. I think stylistically in spurts it's going to be a nightmare because they all both like to walk down and trap, and I don't think it's going to be the firefight that people are expecting to see. And that's my prediction. I'm going with Triple G by split decision with Adelaide Bird making the jacked up score. I'm going to say it. <laughs> Jay names names. 
Woo! I name names. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. So look, guys. For me, there are so many variables. The judges. Everybody knows Golovkin starts slow. Everybody knows Canelo likes to fight in spurts. Then there's Kenny Bayless. Then there, there's so many variables to this fight. Canelo, uh, Golovkin has wiped out the entire middleweight division. But then you look at Canelo, and he's fought some great names. Floyd Mayweather, Trout, Laura, Cotto, Smith, Kirkland, Khan, Chavez. I mean, his resume is pretty deep. When we, when we look at ring IQ, uh-oh, somebody's pretty loud there. Jake, is that you? Oh, it might be. I'm sorry. Okay. When you look at ring IQ, Canelo's got a much, I think, uh, in-depth ring IQ, but Glovkin's power is huge. You know, he, he really goes for the kill. He's very clever. He's accurate. You know, his, his weakest uh, area is probably his defense. Then I look at Canelo, and he's got great combinations, and he really puts his punches together, and he's a good counterpuncher. They both look ready to go. Um, I don't think either one of them are very hard to figure out. And in my opinion, it's going to come down to two things. Can Canelo take Golovkin's punches? Golovkin has real power, yo. Like, he has real power, and he wants to wreck shit. You know, so can Canelo take the power, and can Canelo not get tired? I think we all know that as the fight goes on, he seems to gas out a little bit. So, if he's conditioned and he cannot get tired and he can take those punches, I'm picking Canelo by split decision. <laughs> this is going to be great. Hey, maybe we should do a little side bet. You guys want to do a Ooh. side bet? Okay, you guys are both yes. on the same side with Canelo. So if Canelo defeats Triple G on Saturday night, I will change my avatar to a picture of Canelo for a week and uh, put some Mexican flags in my bio description for a week. <laughs> if Triple G uh, defeats Canelo, you guys have to spontaneously say Mexican style a couple times a day for the next week. Okay. <laughs> that's so that's Challenge that's accepted. Yep. Yeah. All right, Dave Donovan, thank you for joining us on this Wednesday morning. We appreciate you so much. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to come back uh, and get with Harold Letterman. When the mind is ready, the body prepares for war. So next time you engage in battle, protect your hands with the best. War Tape, the original branded tape. Order yours now at wartapebrand.com and see why the enemy will fear you. Wartapebrand.com. We put hands on you. Champs Boxing Club and Fitness, bringing the city of Danbury a safe, clean, and professional boxing gym. Located on 128 East Liberty Street, Champs Boxing Club offers you more than five trainers who are all either current or former professional and amateur boxers. Look us up online at champsboxingclub.org for a full description on membership rates, discounts, and more about our facility. Also, check us out on social media at Champs Danbury. If you're ready to join, send us an email at cbcdanbury at gmail.com, and we'll get right back to you. Or swing by and visit. We look forward to you joining our team. Come see what all the buzz is all about here at Champs in Danbury, Connecticut. 
any vehicle, any age, any mileage. With Nationwide Auto Warranties, you will stop paying unexpected costly repair bills and let an extended auto warranty pay. Go to NationwideAutoWarranties.com for an instant email quote or call 1-866-352-4999 for a free no-obligation phone quote. So stop paying and let Nationwide Auto Warranties get you your coverage today. Again, that number is 1-866-352-4999 or visit NationwideAutoWarranties.com. Boy, I like that Champ Danbury commercial. Hey, he's kind of right. Lit. I was gonna say, shout out to all of our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by theboxinginsider.com, Porter High Performance Center, Nationwide Auto Warranties.com, Champ Boxing Club, War Tape Brand, Bernie Boxing, Red Beach Advisors, and WBC Cares. Uh, obviously, we're doing something right over here because everybody wants to get on the morning punching show. On it, riding with on it. every. Week. Love it. That's right. We all right. We have a couple minutes before Harold joins us. We got about two minutes before we dial him in. And I just want to throw this out there. I read this uh, before we jumped on the line. RB and I talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit before we went live. Why is Jamie Foxx playing Mike Tyson in a movie? And which version of Mike Tyson is he going to be playing? I don't know if you listeners caught that headline this morning. I saw it on Boxing Scene before we jumped on live on the air. What do you what do you think? Do you think that Jamie might be doing the Mike Tyson that's doing the the one man show? He can't possibly be doing a competitive career, Mike Tyson. Can he too soon? I don't I don't know. Um, damn, I haven't heard that. That's 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 crazy. That's crazy. But with that, it looks like it's time for our guest to join us. So I'm going to dial him in, RB. All right, sounds good. So excited to have Harold on today. Oh, my God. I know. He, he is awesome. <laughs> yes, we have his phone. Oh. Harold Letterman. Yes. Good morning, it's and me. thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us this morning. We've been looking really forward to talking to you today about some Canelo Triple G. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. Thank you. How about yourself? I'm excellent. Thank you. Before we start and jump into the spe- the specifics of the fight and what's going to happen, I wanted to pose this question to you, Harold. What do you love about the Canelo versus Triple G fight, and what could go terribly wrong with this fight? Well, nothing is going to go wrong. Uh, I, I love the fact that it's two really good middleweights against each other. I mean, it's a sensational fight. I mean, you guys two guys that won almost 80 fights between the two of them and, uh, you know, only one loss, and that was Canelo's loss to Floyd Mayweather. So it's, it's a great it's a great fight, great matchup. Uh, it should be sensational. Is this a good fight stylistically? When we look at the two of them, they both like to walk down and trap. What? How does this fight match up stylistically to you, in your opinion? Oh. Uh, Gennady Golovkin should be the bigger guy, you know, the bigger, stronger guy. And uh, he, uh, um, you know, he, he's got to keep uh, Canelo backing up. On the other hand, Canelo's a counterpuncher, and uh, he's going to have to try and counterpunch, and he's going to have to try and land his left jab constantly like he does. We have, uh, we know that this is an important time in boxing and this is potentially the fight of the year we have two really competitive 
middleweights who are at the top of the division. How important is this fight to boxing? Well, without doubt, it's important to boxing. I mean, you know, everybody's looking at this fight. People are going to buy the pay-per-view that even aren't even fight fans, you know. Uh, I mean, it should be uh, a sensational fight. Uh, I mean, it will be a sensational fight. There's no question, you know. Um, and uh, I, I think people are really going to enjoy it. I think the pay-per-view numbers are going to be very good because of the fact that not only are all the boxing fans going to buy the pay-per-view if they can't get to the fight, I think you're going to get an enormous amount of fans who have just been reading about it saying, I really want to see this fight. I don't particularly like boxing, but I, I like Canelo Alvarez against Gennady Golovkin. So, you know, I think that uh, it means a lot to boxing because you, you're going to get the whole world looking at it, you know. I mean, so many people are, are really anticipating a great fight and uh, they're anticipating, you know, a, a night of entertainment Saturday night, you know. Without question, I think that a lot of people are just going to jump all over this fight. I, th- I think so, too. You know, um we were talking earlier about the judges and the referee, and there's so many variables uh, in this fight with Golovkin's power. And then you've got Canelo, who his resume is so stacked with names like Mayweather and Trout and Cotto and Kirkland and Khan. And, you know, they're both just very clever, and they're both very skillful. Um, and, you know, I think it almost comes down to can Canelo take Golovkin's power? You know, I, I think that we know that Golovkin likes to wreck people. And uh, we know he has a good chin. So it's really intriguing. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, uh, Gennady Golovkin's been a middleweight his entire life. On the other hand, uh, Canelo Alvarez has been uh, a junior middleweight most of his life. So it's it's the Golovkin power against the uh, the Canelo skill, you know. And uh, that's the thing. Canelo's going to have to be able to deal with uh, – with, with Golovkin's power and, you know, uh, the fact that he wears you down and stays on top of you and he hits so hard, uh, this is stuff that Canelo's going to have to deal with. Yeah. Uh, so, Harold, you've been with HBO since uh, 1986. Is that correct? I'm sorry. I didn't hear your question. You, you've been with HBO since 1986? I, I, I just didn't hear you. So you asked me about HBO. Yeah, I think I've read that you've been with HBO since 1986. Yeah, I've been with HBO since March 1986. Do you miss judging? Well, yeah, I stopped judging in 2011. Sure, I miss it. There's no question. But, uh, hey, listen, you got to do what you got to do. I was judging fights, you know, where uh, I had too too many of the fighters were fighting on HBO, so... You know, it was, it was a conflict of interest. So, you know, in 2011, mm-hmm. I got out of judging, left the judging to my daughter, Julie. I love Julie. Uh, she actually came to uh, one of my brunches in New York, and I think it's amazing to see women in boxing. I'm a big advocate for those um, that are involved, and Julie's a sweetheart. But, you know, back, okay, so back to judging. I want to know, what's the worst decision that you've ever seen, Harold? The worst decision you've ever seen. Well, well, there's absolutely no doubt about it. It was years ago at the Spectrum in Philadelphia. Uh, Russell Peltz said that he wanted to put on a world title fight before he was 30 years old, and he had a fighter named Tyrone Everett, really good fighter, southpaw. 
fighting Alfredo Escalera. I guess it was for the junior lightweight title. Escalera was the champion. And, you know, it was a 15-round fight. I was sitting there maybe 10 rows back, and and uh, I gave Alfredo Escalera five rounds out of the 15. And maybe that was leading for Escalera, giving him five rounds. Everett beat the daylights out of him, and uh, mm. uh, Escalera got the decision. It was absolutely awful, and uh, it still is the worst decision I ever saw in my life. I mean, really terrible. Well, I know that Russell Pelt is a big fan of yours. Uh, he reminisces with me all the time about your days with Flash Gordon and Johnny Boss and Don Majeski and Russell Pelt, the good old days. Can you talk to us about those days? I'm sorry, what did you say about Johnny Boss and Flash Gordon? I was saying that Russell Pelt talks very fondly of you and about your days with Flash Gordon yeah. well, and you Johnny know, we, Boss. We sort, of, we sort of grew up together, Flash and Boss and Russell and Bruce Trampler and, you know, the top-ranked matchmaker now. I mean, you know, we used to hang around on 8th Avenue before the fights at the first floor in Madison, in Madison Square Garden. And really, we just grew up together. There's no doubt about it. That, that's really cool. So then tell us, you know, you got, we got our worst decision that you've ever seen. What are some of the greatest fights that you've ever judged, the ones that really stand out to you, the ones that you'll remember forever? Well, uh, the greatest fight I ever saw that I ever judged uh, I guess was in the, uh, let me think, I guess maybe the 70s. Uh, it was uh, the current reigning WBC Super Bantamweight champion, Wilfredo Gomez from Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. against the current reigning Bantamweight champion from Mexico, Lupe Pintor. It was two current reigning world champions against each other. And, I mean, they absolutely killed each other for 14 rounds. And in the 14th round, Pintor went down and Arthur McCanty counted him out. Just an absolutely incredible fight. I never saw another fight like that. I mean, Gaddy Ward was close, but, uh, my God, Pintor and Gomez went at it. Like, it just it's, it was just amazing. I mean, if you see Lupe Pintor today, you'd never know that, uh, you know, he was such a warrior. He, he doesn't have a mark on him. I saw him at the Hall of Fame in 2016 in Canastota. And uh, the guy looks like a movie star, you know, just doesn't have a mark mm-hmm. on him, which is incredible. But when you go back and you watch the uh, the Gomez fight, uh, I mean, the Gomez fight was just absolutely amazing how they just tore at each other. It was just a, a vicious fight. And I never saw anything like it. And I don't think I'll ever see anything like it again. Wow. Well, this, this weekend, we all know it's a big, big middleweight fight. And I've been told that one of your favorite fighters of all time is Bad Benny Briscoe. Oh, you had to love Benny Briscoe. I mean, you know, if you wanted to see an exciting fight, you saw Benny. I mean, I I saw Benny once or twice before Russell started promoting. But when Jay Russell Pelt started, you know, he came to Benny and he said, would you come out of retirement? And and Benny did. And and all those fights that Benny had after he started, started fighting for Russell were just incredible. You know, he was an incredible body puncher, always exciting. Whenever you saw Benny, you saw a great fight. And fans used to come to see him because they knew that, you know, win or lose, Benny was going to be in a great fight. And and mm-hmm. people just used to come out all the time to see him. I mean, it was nothing like going to the Blue Horizon to see Benny Briscoe fight. It was just, you know, an amazing experience. I used to drive down there all the time to see Benny fight. I loved him. How, how would Benny Briscoe fare 
with some of the middleweights today, like Golovkin and Canelo, and you think well, he'd be let, right let up me, in the Let me put you this way. Benny, Benny would have been com- competitive with anybody. I mean, he really would have been competitive with anybody. He, he might have beat Canelo and Golovkin. Benny was a, a heck of a body puncher. I mean, the young Benny Briscoe that beat Georgie Benton was just amazing, you know. The Benny that fought for Russell Peltz was an older guy, but even still, he would have been competitive with Canelo, Golovkin, anybody because of the fact that he was such a great body puncher. Harold, this is such an important fight this weekend, and we know the judges, a lot of scrutiny and a lot is riding on the judges' shoulders as they evaluate this matchup. If you could sit down with this weekend's judges, Adelaide Bird, Dave Moretti, and Don Trella before the fight, what advice would you give them, or would you even give them any advice? Well, those three don't need any advice. They they watch the fight pretty good, you know. Uh, I think they'll do a good job. Uh, I mean, you just, you know, you have to call it the way you see it. Don't get nervous. Just call it the way it is, you know, and they do that. Especially oh, Moretti, who's been judging for so many years. Well, Harold, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you this morning. We're looking forward to hearing you on the broadcast and your scoring and the things that are going on during the fight. So we look forward to tuning in, and thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me, and enjoy the fight. All right. Thank thank you. Are you an elite athlete looking to take your training to an elite level? Then Porter High Performance Center in Las Vegas is your number one spot. Our private training facility offers you high-altitude chambers, a boxing ring with telestrators, cryogenics tubs, helix machines, a multi-purpose weight machine, and more. Come and train like an elite champion with us at Porter High Performance Center. For more information, contact us on social media at Porter High Performance and through former world champion at Showtime Sean P. Are you an entrepreneur looking to find out where to start or develop a business plan? Are you looking to start a business or grow your business revenue? Are you a business owner that needs fresh new ideas or needs to solve challenges with strategy, marketing, or process? Red Beach Advisors is a management consulting group focused on helping entrepreneurs, startups, and companies build, grow, and scale. Contact Red Beach Advisors at info at redbeachadvisors.com or 424-247-6143. Red Beach Advisors helps companies build, grow, and scale through strategy, process, systems, and people. We are the experts. Contact us at 424-247-6143 or www.redbeachadvisors.com. WBC World Boxing Cares is a nonprofit charitable organization composed of compassionate volunteers under the guidance of the WBC. By sending world-class athletes into youth centers, hospitals, and orphanages, we bring a message of hope and inspiration to the children and their families, as well as donations appropriate for that particular institution and or event. World Boxing Cares is active in 164 countries under the WBC sanctioning umbrella. Look us up online at worldboxingcares.com and connect with us today. Big champions supporting little champions. All right. The the last thing I'm going to say about Canelo versus Golovkin is if you don't have money to lose, don't bet on this fight because I really do think it could go either way. So, I know a lot of people hit me up all the time. They DM me. They message me. My friends call me from all over the world, all over the country. Who should I bet on? I'm not telling anybody who to put money on because um, that's not going to come back on me, Jay. So if you don't have money to lose, do not bet on this fight. Because you could 50% lose your money. (laughs) That's right. 
I ain't betting no money. I don't have no money to bet anyway, but I'm definitely not betting this weekend. <laughs> well, listen, if anybody wants to play Know It or Blow It, or if anyone, um, we have about a good 15 minutes left, if anybody Ooh. wants to come on and give us your Canelo Golovkin predictions, we would love to hear it. We would love to hear your breakdown and your prediction. I don't want to just hear, oh, Canelo's going to win because la raza. No, let us know <laughs> who you're picking and why. Press one, um, and we'll see you light up on the switchboard, and we'll bring you on. Jay, just you know, let me know if anyone's there, if anybody wants to speak their piece. We got somebody there. No Orale. RB already told you. Ooh, that sounded green. Good morning, 909-816. You're on with the Morning Punch-In Show. Who is this and where are you calling from? My name is Marcos. I'm calling from San Diego. What's up, Marcos? Hi, Marcos. What's happening? Doing I good. got How a... Are you? I'm, doing, I'm doing well. I got my money on... Uh, I usually don't bet on fights, but this is such an exciting fight. We've been waiting for such a big fight in boxing like this. I bet uh I bet a hundred dollars on Canelo, and then oh. I got two to one, and then I got two to one uh, odds in my favor, so I put another fifty on Canelo. So um, I think I think uh, I think you're right. There's a lot of factors that you gotta take into consideration. Um, my biggest um, I'm leaning towards Canelo because of uh, Triple G's last two performances. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he got hit a lot by Kell Brook, uh, which lets you know a little bit about his defense. And then uh, he went the full 12 with um, with Jacobs in New York. Um, So that that makes me lean towards Canelo. And then obviously, you know, the resume on Canelo's side is a lot better. I, I'm, I'm Mexican, so I get turned off by Canelo's um, uh, speeches in the ring. You know, cause mm. you like mm-hmm. you like to hear you like to hear a man of his word. You know, and I know there's a lot right. of politics, but nobody forces him to say those kind of things. You know, so yeah. right. um, I'm leaning I'm leaning towards Canelo. I think it goes full twelve. I think because it's in Vegas, I think it'll go Canelo's way. Um, mm. right? But there's 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 tons of stuff to think about. You know, because because Triple G didn't didn't go. I felt he didn't go toes with Lemieux. You know. So he is capable of having a more diverse, um, you know, boxing IQ. Um, you know, um, that, that I mean, there's 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 so much that that you have to think about this uh, about this fight. But that's 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 what I'm leaning towards. Marcos, I like what you said there. How you said, as a Mexican, you are Mexican. And you're rooting for Canelo, but you don't like what he says up until this point, the fights that he does in the ring without backing it up. When he fought Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., it seems like there was a huge portion of fans that were cheering for Chavez Jr. Who did you cheer for in that fight? And what is really like the feeling? I know you don't speak for all Mexicans, but... Are you mm-hmm. cheering? You said you're cheering for you're picking Canelo to win based on Triple G's performances. But what, mm-hmm. can you elaborate on that? Why were so many people I'm, more siding with Chavez Jr.? Can you uh, talk to us a little bit more about that? I'm biased. I'm biased for Chavez. I I went for Chavez Jr. because I'm biased. You I'm, did. I'm a big huge art. Uh, yeah, because I'm big RGBA. I'm like a big wow. Mikey Garcia, Robert Garcia. I I like I like their energy. I like their gym. I like their dad. 
I like, uh, you know, it's just that, that, that whole RGBA movement is so positive and it has, it has people like me, I'm in my late thirties and we haven't had something like that for, since I feel since, since Chavez senior, I mean, people, uh, Oscar, you got, you got to, it's, it's tricky with the Mexican culture because people didn't really get behind Oscar because he was born in America. Mm-hmm. So, so I think, I think, I think, um, Mexicans didn't, didn't really get behind him like we should, because it, it took him a while to win me over. Eventually I became an Oscar fan, but I mean, I grew up in my, in my teens watching paper, watching Travis senior on pay-per-view all the time. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't think we've had something like that to be that excited about since then. So, so this whole Mikey Garcia, and then you know, this whole you know that they train they train Maidana, they train Brandon Reels. That whole movement is so positive for our culture. Going back to your question, um, I chose Chavez Jr., but not just because of the RGA, RGBA movement. But I'm, I'm a huge underdog person. Sometimes I'll just go and vote with my heart. Because mm-hmm. I want the guy that 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 is that the deck is stacked against to win. I like yeah, upset, you, you like know? the but underdog. That, but, but that tells you yeah. more about me as a person than about my than about than about who I think. Like this one, I'm I'm just betting with my heart. You know, I'm too. Yeah. I, I I usually don't bet, but this fight is so huge to the community. <laughs> like I'm yeah. I'm betting with my friends at the gym. I'm betting with people at <laughs> at, at, at work. Like it's just it's so big uh-huh. that it's it's like. I I I mean I don't have a lot of money to spend either, but it's just it's just it's just yeah, so it, huge, you know. This this is really so good to hear, and I'm so glad you called, you know, to give us a perspective from the culture as a boxing mm-hmm. fan. I mean that I really love that, and you know what? I love a good underdog story too. You know, I love yeah. rooting for the underdog. In this fight on Saturday, who do you think the underdog is? Uh, Hello. Yeah. I think I think Triple G is. I I for, for from my perspective, I think Triple G is the underdog, because he hasn't had the. He, Canelo's had big performances, you know. I know Triple G sells sells out stadiums, but I think I think honestly Canelo's the A side. I think in terms of ticket sales and in terms of pay per view sales and in term, in terms of how his career has been has been guided by Golden Boy, I think he's the A side. So I really think Triple G is the underdog. But 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 not by a lot because Triple G has has a great story as well. I mean he he you know we know what happened in Europe. You know we know what happened. You know when he met with Tom and and we know Abel Sanchez has has been such a great like not only coach but like mentor for him. So I mm-hmm. think I think just by a little bit I think Triple G is the underdog. But but another huge factor is that is that is that um, Canelo's lost his O. You know. He knows what it's yeah. like to lose. He has that feeling. Triple G, I mean, Abel's has said it himself. He hasn't hit somebody as hard as he can because he hasn't been tested. I think that's going to work against him because, because if, you haven't, if you haven't been tested, we don't know what's going to happen if, if Canelo hurts him. We don't know how Triple G is going to react in that ring in that moment. So, 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 so did Jake say <laughs> that he was going to stop him in the 11th? Yeah, he thinks he is. And you know what? That's another good point you brought up. You know, who has really hit Canelo that hard? When you look yeah. at Tony's face, he fought really good guys. But, you know, Aslandi Lara, pure boxer. Floyd mm-hmm. Mayweather, pure boxer. Austin Trout, pure boxer. 
who has really touched Canelo to the chin where we could say, yo, he could take a punch? Yeah. Right. Ooh, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. I this said earlier, Canelo takes his power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I think he, it's a 50-50 fight. On the chin. Yeah. I think it's a fifty-fifty because you could you could make ten reasons why Canelo wins, and you can easily make ten reasons why Triple G wins. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Sure. All, All right. right. Well, do, before we let you go, do you want to play some Know It or Blow It? I'll give it a shot. Sure. Okay. Today, um, I'm going to let you take your pick. We have um, a signed glove by Mike Tyson, brought to you by mm-hmm. TheBoxingInsider.com, or we have a photograph. It's an 8 by 10 photo of Manny Pacquiao, and it is signed authentically by Manny Pacquiao. So if you win, you could take your pick, either a signed glove by Mike Tyson or a photo signed by Manny Pacquiao, okay? All right. All right. This is going to be multiple choice. Who holds <laughs> okay. the record? Okay. Who holds the record for being the oldest world champion in boxing? Is it George Foreman, Muhammad Ali, Bernard Hopkins, or Wilfredo Benitez? Who holds the record for being the oldest world champion in boxing? Foreman, Ali, Hopkins, or Benitez? I'm going to narrow it down to Foreman or Hop- and Hopkins. Well, you uh, got to pick one. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just speaking out loud. I'm speaking out loud. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Foreman. I just, I, yeah, I'm going to go with Foreman. That's my, that's my choice. Uh, you should have went with Bernard Hopkins because Bernard Hopkins <laughs> holds the record for being the oldest world champion in boxing. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much from calling from San Diego and for listening in. You really brought a lot of good stuff to the show today. We appreciate you. No Enjoy problem. the fight this weekend. Too. All no right. Problem. Thank you. Bye. Wow. I like a super informed fans. I like that the fact that our show brings these fans out. I always want to know the temperature of how Mexican fans receive Canelo just based on that whole Chavez Jr. Canelo fight. So great insight. Thanks for calling in from San Diego, Marcos. We were trying to give you some prizes, but maybe next time. (laughs) All right, Jay, why don't you wrap us up and remind us uh, what the fight schedule is this weekend. There's fights on Friday and Saturday. Weekend fight schedule starting on September 15th, which is Friday. Uh, from Las Vegas, ESPN Deportes and take delayed on ESPN2. We've got Claudio Marrero versus Jesus Rojas for Marrero's WBA interim featherweight title. In the co-main event, Rashidi Ellis versus Juan Carlos Abril. Also taking place this weekend, um, off television, uh, Mike Lee is going to face Aaron Quantra. Do it for me, RB. Quantra, Quatrochi? Oh, Quatrochi. Mike Lee versus Aaron Quatrochi. Quatrochi. Thank you, RB. So that's what we got going on on Friday. On Saturday, the big night. From Las Vegas, from the T-Mobile Arena, Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo Alvarez for Golovkin's WBA IBS title, but not the WBC. It will be vacant if Canelo wins. I can hold the belt. I keep telling the WBC in that one they put in the museum, just bring it on to Inglewood. I will keep good eyes on it. Also on the they card, should let us give it away like, on the show. They should let us give it away girl, on the show. You know, <laughs> girl, we would, man, we would have to have an auction. We're going to take some bids. Ooh. 
But also in the co-main of feature, jo- Joseph Diaz still on the card, but now has a new opponent on four days' notice, Rafael Rivera. So he will be taking on Jojo Diaz in the co-main event. And we don't know yet if it's still going to be a WBC featherweight eliminator. There were some talks that that was in the air, whether Jojo's fight was still going to be a WBC eliminator. So we will wait to see what happens with that. I'm sure we'll find out today. And Diego De La Hoya versus Randy Caballero. Ryan Martin versus Francisco Roja. Virgil Ortiz versus Cesar Valenzuela. And Marlon Esparza, the first lady of Golden Boy, against Araceli Palacios. Also happening on Saturday night, and maybe if you time it right, you can watch them both. From London, Billy Joe Saunders takes on Willie Monroe for Saunders' WBO middleweight title. Maybe the winner of Canelo Triple G gets the fight against Billy Joe Saunders. We don't know, but we know there's a fight going on, and it's a title fight. So great fight action. We are looking forward to being with you in Las Vegas, so make sure you're following Raging Babe and I on Twitter for all the good scoops this weekend. And back to you, Arby. Yeah, you know, all right. I have to point out Diego De La Hoya versus Randy Caballero. That fight has been flying under the radar. It's not getting the love that it should be getting, except from the diehards. You know, the diehards really know that that's going to be a really, really good fight. So I think anybody who's buying the pay-per-view that's a casual for this fight, they're going to love Diego De La Hoya versus Randy Caballero. That's going to be a really good fight. And also, that Virgil Ortiz versus Cesar Valenzuela fight, that six-rounder that's on the undercard, that's going to be banging, okay? I've seen Cesar Valenzuela fight in Phoenix a few times. That's where he's from. He's going to bring it to that young prospect that, that Joel Diaz has out there in, in Indio. Sure is. So that's going to be another good one. Good undercard. Sucks what happened with Jojo Diaz. That's every matchmaker's worst nightmare, yo, is to have – a fighter get injured, you know, four days before a fight. It's a nightmare. It's, um, all right. So I think that's it, Jay. I'm going to see you tomorrow in Las Vegas. We're going to turn up. We are going to be reporting live from Las Vegas. Today's show is brought to you by the BoxingInsider.com, Porter High Performance Center, NationAutoWarranties.com, Champs Boxing Club, War State Brand, Bernie's Boxing, Red Beach Advisors, and the WBC Cares. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter. We're going to be doing pop-ups all weekend. We're going to be going live yep. randomly and doing all types of cool things with you guys. So make sure you keep it locked. Make sure you're following Jay and Rage and Babe. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the fights this Saturday. Make sure you buy the pay-per-view. Have a good one. 